Welcome to Shelter in Place, a podcast about finding daily sanity in a world that feels increasingly insane. Coming to you from Oakland, California, I'm Laura Joyce Davis. I desperately want to tell you that my first weekend under the Bay Area mandate to shelter in place was restful and that I've achieved a new calm and balance that's going to get me through the coming weeks or more likely months. But I can't tell you that because yesterday I lost it. I went into the weekend hoping that we could set ourselves up well for the coming weeks, both in our physical and mental space as a family. My husband, Nate, and I spent our Saturday night discussing the ways that we could implement some of the stuff we'd been reading in parenting books, stuff we've wanted to act on for a long time but haven't because we just couldn't seem to fit it in before. Sunday, we spent most of the afternoon clearing storage bins out of our unfinished basement so that we could turn our storage platform that we built into a makeshift playroom for the kids. We didn't finish, but we got far enough into the project for the kids to glimpse its potential magic. We got outside into nature both days, a crucial element in our survival. But by dinner Sunday evening, we still hadn't implemented the parenting strategy we'd so optimistically planned. The kids were back to bickering constantly, no one was listening, and my son was literally jumping off the walls, doing that monkey thing where he braces his bare feet on the door frame and climbs his way up to the ceiling. My three-year-old, who hasn't napped since Thursday, was sobbing because she wanted a different dinner. My nearly six-year-old Grace was sneaking one of her little sister's pacifiers behind her filthy lovey, which she keeps hiding from us every time we try to swap it for a freshly washed backup. The floor was littered with crumbs and bites of food that our three-year-old had slyly discarded over the past few days. And all of a sudden, it was just too much. Something snapped inside me. I became crabby drill sergeant mommy, barking orders at my husband and kids. I commanded my husband to put the little one to bed now. I put my son off the door frame, ignoring his protests. I yanked the pacifier and lovey away from Grace and began furiously vacuuming the entire house, even though we were still in the middle of dinner. As I slowly returned our house to its equilibrium, first by cleaning our floors and then eventually by apologizing to my family, I tried to understand why I'd snapped. Now, let's be clear. I am not that mother who never loses her temper. I really want to be that mother, but I'm not there yet. I fail at this parenthood thing all the time. But my outburst yesterday wasn't just about parenting. I think what I've been feeling this past week is something I carried long before the coronavirus became part of our daily conversation I think it's partly the anger and despair I feel whenever I look at the news or my Twitter feed or any of the other places where I can see evidence both that our leaders are disappointing us and that our society is ready to attack anyone who fails. I've been feeling this on a personal level too. As I try to be authentically me while carrying burdens I didn't ask for but have somehow taken on. I try to be creative and produce writing that matters and to allow myself to be challenged and changed by the hard but necessary conversations about justice and the need for reparations. I try to be the super mom I know I will never be to my kids and to ask their forgiveness when I fail. I balance the guilt of not yet having taught my kids low-level mastery at playing ball or swimming or reading music 
I feel bad for not volunteering at the kids' school as much as other parents seem to do and for not spending as much one-on-one time with each of them as I should, for not carving out enough time with my husband to make sure that we're still partners who love each other, not just irritable co-workers forced to share the same job. I think what made me snap yesterday is that somewhere deep inside me, I had hoped that the problem in my life was that we just had too much going on, that our busy schedules were to blame for our daily failures in parenting and in life. But I think the real problem is deeper than that. Inspired by all of the social media posts from mom friends across the country who were killing it on day one, I'm looking at you, Testa Academy. I started last week with an ambitious schedule that was packed with education and adventure and that we did not once manage to follow. The real problem is that I need to fundamentally shift the way I see myself in this world. The real problem, you might say, is a lack of grace. We named one of our daughters Grace. It's a name I've always loved. Recently, she started to realize that the word is bigger than her. We've tried our best to explain to her what grace is, a gift that you don't deserve, but that you get anyway. There's an implicit giver in grace. It takes someone overlooking your faults and extending kindness to you anyway. As I vacuumed yesterday, the thing that brought me down from my mommy tantrum was thinking about all of the grace that had been extended to me this past week. Nate took the kids on a long hike Saturday morning so that I could have the morning alone, the first chance I've had for real solitude since this all started. My friend Catherine, who's a homeschool mom, one of those moms I look up to, shared with me that she too is struggling and told me about the three-hour school day. Over the weekend, we realized we didn't have that extra box of pull-ups we thought we'd stored in the basement. And since we're still nine days into our 14-day self-quarantine, we've been avoiding the grocery stores. I sent a message out to my neighborhood listserv, and by last night, I got no less than seven responses, most of which I turned down, from people willing to put their own extras out on their porch. My neighbor and friend Giselle dropped groceries on my front porch this morning. Another neighbor, who I've never even met, offered to stop at the store if we needed anything. The other night, my next-door neighbor, Susanna, and I were texting about our experiences at this time. A quick side note that Susanna Smith and her partner, Kenny Washington, are both incredible jazz musicians. I'll put a link to their work on the show notes. Susanna said that she's been thinking about this time as another chance to be a great generation, though, of course, it's really many generations together. I love that, reframing this time as a chance to become great, Last night, I read an article in Politico titled, Coronavirus Will Change the World Permanently. Here's How. So many of the ideas there were intensely hopeful. What if we took on these challenges to make our world better right now? What if we lived every day with grace, both in our interactions with those closest to us and with those we reach on social media? I'm not advocating rolling over and giving up fighting against the forces of injustice and evil in our world, but I wonder if we can hold that fight in tension with grace. So today, I'm beginning the day with grace. I invite you to join me. I wonder if we can take each moment when we feel exasperated or angry and let our presence be a gift, even when those around us don't deserve it 
maybe especially if they don't deserve it. That kind of living sounds almost impossible to me. Like we'd have to shift our center to get there. It sounds like an existence where we'd have to care more about each other than we do about our own happiness and success. It sounds radical, maybe a little idealistic. It sounds bound to fail. But then there's that chance to give grace again, this time to ourselves. Maybe it's the best option available to us right now. Before I close, I want to offer an intensely practical way to extend grace in your life today. You've probably heard that hospitals all across the nation are running out of personal, personal protective equipment, or PPE. My friend Angela, who's an ER doc here in Oakland, is running a PPE drive. If you're local, you can email protectbayareadoctors at gmail.com and donate unused masks, gowns, goggles, face shields, gloves, and sani wipes. I'm told that even if you don't have entire boxes of these things, every little bit helps. If you're not in the Bay Area, reach out to your local hospital and ask them what they need. If you know of PPE drives in your area, send me an email, and I'll include that information in my show notes at laurajoycedavis.com backslash podcast. Even if you don't have anything to donate, think about other ways you can extend grace to your local health care providers. Angela told me a story about a night shift she had this past weekend where someone anonymously delivered a bunch of pizzas to the hospital staff. It did a lot to lift everyone's spirits. It carried them through. If you've enjoyed this episode, it would mean so much to me if you could rate and review it wherever you listen, share it with a friend, and subscribe to the show. The Shelter in Place music was composed by Chase Horseman at Reactor Productions, and the Shelter in Place podcast artwork was created by Sarah Edgel. You can find links to the things I mentioned in each episode in my show notes at laurajoycedavis.com. Until tomorrow, this is Shelter in Place. I'm Laura Joyce Davis.